0: I am Churn I'm Kara. Let's do it again I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> just waiting for <laughs> you okay. uh, Am I saying this? No, no, I'm saying it I'm Alright. saying it But I'm just thinking <laughs> I am Churn I'm Kara. Thanks for joining us at Chilling with Churn and Kara.
1: We are two cancer survivors who just met and decided to do this together for fun
0: Thanks for hanging out with us If you like our podcast do subscribe and share with your friends Hey Churn, hey, hi. Cara. Hi. So today we're sitting in um, my living room mm-hmm. and we're doing this podcast together. Yeah. And today's topic, we're gonna be talking about resilience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And you know, like what can two young people talk about resilience?
1: Correct, yeah, right. We are genuinely here to like just like talk about our life, like what we've gone through.
0: Yes, yes, right? yes. Yeah. So I mean like truly, because literally I just know you, right? Like
1: Yeah, when was the first time we met?
0: Um I think it was two, three months ago. Yeah,
1: sometime in 2019, right? I just yeah. randomly, like, tued you, right? <laughs> like, to yeah. go out to Holland V.
0: Yes. Right. This was after you helped us share your story on the online lymphoma support group.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, because,
0: yeah, Abigail recommended. You to speak for us. Oh, she wanted to like you know do it with you, mm-hmm. and then you you share your story and and thank you for that. You know you really have inspired a lot of people, a lot of the lymphoma patients. Oh, thank you. Yeah, caregivers and survivors. So maybe you can share with us. You know what? Uh, can you share about resilience? You know what have you been through?
1: <clears throat> hmm. Well, I think my resilience journey began sometime I think in twenty nineteen. Yeah, when I was diagnosed with um, lymphoma and it was quite a harrowing experience in the sense that everything was like going in such a fast pace for me. My career was just picking up. I was like gearing and gunning towards this uh, career that I was in Mm. and developing. And then suddenly everything took a huge stop. And like at at that time, I was 27 years old, Mm. wide eyed curious, you know, with yeah. like thinking that the world is ahead of me. And suddenly I had to stop and say that, look, this is what's happened to your body. We got to treat it and we got to move on.
0: Because you already had plans that you have made for the future, right?
1: Right. I had like a one year plan. I had a two year plan. I wow. had a three year plan. Everything was like sort of planned out, but like, it was just all wrecked because of like this diagnosis that I have. Yeah. It's quite, well, at that point, it was surprising, it was alarming for me. But then, I didn't really, like, say to myself, like, why did it happen to me, you know, because I feel like if you were to be so bogged down about why it happened to you, you could never move forward. Yeah. So I just say that, well, it happened. I mean, it happened. So what could you do with it but just to move on? Mm. Do you feel the same way, like, as well?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, like, for me... It's because uh, I also went through lymphoma, right? Mm -hmm. But then um, a year and a half before, uh, I was my sister's caregiver because she had brain cancer. So that period for me was the most challenging time because, you know, 29, turning 30, I I didn't know anyone who had cancer or who had family members who had cancer before. Mm -hmm. So that was like a steep learning curve. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, I had to make this decision whether to go on my ski trip I already planned. <laughs> well,
1: ski trip versus, versus taking care yeah. of
0: my sister who you know needed me and yeah. and you know at the time my dad was overseas also working and um, yeah so to make that decision it was uh it, it was not it's not hard to make that decision um, but it was very difficult to to go through it.
1: Yeah, I can't I can't imagine what you had gone through at that point.
0: Yeah, and um, it was it was just. You, you can never imagine how to, you know, like support someone that you love who's younger than you, who's going through surgery and scans and recovery and, and rehabilitation and all that, right? And uh, one year later, she recovered. And then after that, she had lymphoma. And then I was also diagnosed with lymphoma after that. Right, so in my cancer <clears> journey, I felt that like what I learned from the first time helped the both of us mm-hmm. uh, in the second time, that we both got cancer. So I guess that experience helped us a bit because we learned from our experiences. indeed. you okay. know For you, it's like, how did you get that instant? You know what, just move on.: Yeah, how did you get yourself geared up? I, I actually have no idea
1: how I got myself into that sort of groove of like wanting to move on because I guess part and parcel of it is that you know like I'm just a very motivated person Mm. to start with even when I was young and that I actually gave myself some time to grieve over it Mm. I mean it can't be helped can it? Because you were diagnosed with this sort like of life human, and death. Right? Yeah. With yeah. this like life and death sort of like diagnosis at that point. And then when you're still working out for it, you don't even know what the diagnosis was. It, was it lymphoma or something else? Is it some like solid organ tumour that needed like a surgery? And like all these like questions and doubts in my mind was just running through. And I was just at that point so overwhelmed. And then I think like I couldn't help it. I've never cry, I never cry for Mm -hmm. some reason, like, even, like, when life got really tough, I just don't find the need to release my emotions through crying, Mm -hmm. but at that time of diagnosis, like, I think every day, like, the tears just, like, flowed out, like, without me even, like, you know, feeling it, like, it Mm -hmm. just, like, naturally just came out, and I thought that at that point, it was quite cathartic, but then at the same time, I just felt really human in a way like yeah i just understood what it meant you know in being model mm. and being a human
0: yeah i think crying <clears throat> is a very yeah. important process of yeah. like releasing the negative energy and the mm. negative feelings that we have yeah and like like i think it's 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 a you know stigmatized is that even a word yeah. <laughs> it's like a stigma for like people oh you know like uh or, like, for men especially, like, you Correct, know, men yeah. don't cry. But yeah. please, hello, if you're a man, you cry, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
1: guess, I don't know, like, well, I guess that's, uh, like, a huge topic as well, like, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Or, like, weakness, like, that is perceived in society. But I think at that point, I was just, like, allowing myself to grieve mm-hmm. over the fact that, you know, that I was once a healthy male young adult male who is like in his journey to like you know progress even further in like my career and whatsoever but like I just had to take a step back and just say that look like something's happening to my body I gotta address it and like maybe this you know maybe I could continue on like climbing up the career pathway but like at that point I just say that all this doesn't matter anymore because you know this is you fighting with the Green Reaper and seeing whether you can come out alive or out of it, and at, at that point, I just went like, "Okay, yeah, let's do it." Like any other like projects or like mm. like competition that I've ever like embarked in, I just said "Okay, let's do it and let's see whether what's the outcome."
0: Mm-hmm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that being <clears throat> resilient also means that you know what's, you know how to prioritize what's important in your life yeah so even though we have had plans that we've set up for ourselves um you know to you know to succeed in life to you know for our career for our family, whatever right but like it's so it's so important to take care of yourself and prioritize yourself first and yeah. to like really definitely. plan for that at that point in time, definitely, and being definitely. you know like having that mindset that you like to to have that decision that to to make that decision that you you're gonna take care of yourself first,
1: yeah, yeah I feel like. Before, like I think this is something that we all could sometimes take for granted in a sense that you want to care for your family, you want to care for your children Mm. or your pets or whatsoever. But if, let's say, you don't prioritize yourself first and you don't care for yourself and your health first, well, you aren't able to then pick up that responsibility of caring for others. Yeah, It's like, oh my god, it's like, you know the airplane thing where you, have oh, to, yeah. you have to put on your your face mask before you put it on for your children, right? Or your your other passenger. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's exactly the same thing.
0: But, you know, actually, like, I didn't, I didn't subscribe to that initially. I didn't know how to take care of myself first before, mm. right? Because I've always been taking <clears> care of other people first. So when I, when I, like, so when, when shit hits the fan, You know, for me, it was like when I realized that I cannot take care of my my sister Mm -hmm. who's going through chemotherapy and that I had to like stop and to take care of myself, Mm -hmm. you know, going through chemotherapy, which is a whole new different journey, right? Yeah. yeah. And so like, it was just like, oh man, like, how am I going to do that as a caregiver, but as a patient, like, oh my goodness. Oh my
1: gosh. Like, yeah. can I just say, Kara, you're you're an amazing woman. I don't know how you went through it.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. Like you
1: had this dual role <laughs> of a caregiver and also a patient. I I mean, like, I've got the utmost like
0: you Aww. know respect for you. Oh, yeah. thank you. And like actually, as a caregiver, right, you think that oh no, you know, because you're the one who's taking care of other people yep. first. But actually, in fact, when I was diagnosed, my sister was like, my family members, they're like, you know what, take care of yourself first. Don't mm. worry. I can. Right? We go through this together. So yeah. in the end, they became my strength. Yeah, yeah. Which was like, oh, so actually, you're giving, you're also giving me permission to take care of myself, which I have never given myself permission for yep. before. Yeah. So it was quite a revelation for myself.
1: But at, at that point, do you feel like it's really hard to sometimes ask for help as well?
0: Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, because you're not used to it, right? Yeah. yeah. And, um... You're always doing things yourself and for other people. Mm -hmm. So, like when my friends helped me and my family members said it's okay not to take care of them first, then you realize, oh, you know, you're in this new position, and 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 uh, yeah, you just take care of yourself, right? Yeah, like you take care of yourself, and you at the same time when you when things are normalized, then you know what part of you you can help others as well Mm, right how about how about for yourself like like who's your support group or your support system during the time that you went through cancer yeah
1: so i don't know initially i just felt like i wanted to just do everything by myself and i wanted to like yeah i was like thinking i was like okay i can do this I can like go to the hospital myself and like just take taxi and like Mm. you know like cook for myself i was just like meal prep for the week or something like that one like, can meal prep like, that's, that's what I had in mind yeah. but like when I was going through treatment I just felt like it was just so harrowing and I I was I'm so glad for all my friends and like my family for like really coming up banding together and like really like meeting all my needs and requests like mm. although like sometimes I I'm just really shy to ask for help or like just find it really really hard to ask for help but then at the same time they just like go like hey like I really think need some help like let us help you let give let, like I'm asking permission from you to like let us help you and I find mm. that so touching because it really makes us like all like just you know human Yeah. and like at, at the very call, you know we are just like, all like humans like needing help from each other and I felt so touched with all the generosity that was given to me
0: yeah Yeah. I mean like like resilience I because mean, we're talking about the about resilience right like Resilience Is You know Our strength And you know And it also comes from Our friends who give us support Our family who give us support And who Can help us Go through this time Just a little bit easier Mm -hmm. You know And and Like you say right Don't be Shy to ask for help Because there there is There is help
1: Yeah There is definitely help
0: Yeah Like even my colleagues Right at that time um, My my bosses And my colleagues uh, They knew that I was going through Treatment And I mean, knowing me, I, I, you know, I want to still work. (laughs) You know, like, I want to be productive. (laughs) (laughs) Don't stop me. But it was so hard to work also. But they still let me do the things that I want to do. But don't push me for deadlines and...
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a some some understanding of what you're going through.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I had big plans as well before I started treatment. I was like, yeah, like, I'm going to take time out from work but, like, at the same time, I'm going to, like, be studying, oh be goodness. doing research, like, writing up, like, reports and whatnot, like, you know, writing up a book. Oh, well, that wow. didn't happen. <laughs> like, most of the time, my eyes were just blurry because I can't see it. Like, my mind was, like, in this, like, fog. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. See, right,
1: yeah. Is, is. Correct. Well, also, you're so productive. Uh. I wanted to, but, like, you know I I just spend my whole like treatment phase <laughs> just watching Netflix like, and I can't even do like the heavy content, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all like just, just like like Luffy I don't know things. the fluffy things, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, I know. It's like in my mind, it's like I want to do so many things, but in fact, I can only do like one thing. But like
1: yeah. you actually went to the gym and whatnot, right?
0: I tried to go to the gym, Um yeah. and like, but I was I was kind of disappointed that I couldn't lift the weights that I used to. Yeah. Right. Of course it's it's accepting what I could do during treatments, yep. right? Which I it took it took some time. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, so it's like I had to I had to exercise la, you know, I had constipation. <laughs> <laughs> I need to move the balls, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that you showed up at gym like and attempted to, you know, weight lift and whatnot, I think that's remarkable. Like for me oh. I tried to go grab, like, a cup of coffee from, like, the local cafe, like, near where I lived, mm. and, like, I just, like, struggled, like, with my my heart, my heart was, like, pounding, like, excuse me, I'm here!
0: <laughs> so, like, I
1: couldn't, like, do that much, like, I was just so tired, like, mm. all the time.
0: I, I think I pushed myself, right? Like, I really, every day, I made sure that I I stepped out. <laughs> yeah. I go grocery shopping, even if it meant that I had to stop halfway, Cause my mind is so active, I cannot Correct. help it. Yeah. <laughs> but I had my sister, my 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 younger sister, she she walked with me and she was like, helping me carry mm. groceries. She was like, "Why buy so much?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like holding like I was holding all my favorite snacks like during my treatment. But like you know, to be honest, I couldn't even eat any any of them. I was just like holding all of it.
0: Yeah, I just wanted all. I just wanted
1: all. I just felt like you know, when I get better, I'll I'll eat it. I'll eat it. Yeah, but like and no, now nah, here I am, I'm eating it
0: <laughs> yeah, but also like because um when I first started my journey, right, um my treatment journey, I went online uh social media, and posted my um just every day posted something uh about my treatment or mm-hmm. something positive that I experienced during the day because I mean treatment was is tough, it right is. it's a negative thing, it's so it tough, is. so I chose to see something positive in the day or something that I'm grateful for during the day and I posted it. And in turn, I got to know so many of uh, the people around the world who's going through the same treatment as me. We're yep. also like breast cancer patients, lymphoma patients from Germany, from the States, from Japan, from everywhere. And then we start adding <laughs> each other and we started supporting each other with likes and, and <laughs> comments and, and just sharing the journey together online. Yeah. And even after now five years, right? Like we're still in touch, you know, on Facebook, on Instagram, just seeing how we all have babies and got married. And it's just, you know, that, that kind of support system also helps a lot. So for yeah. me, it works when I reach out online to other people. Yep, yep. Right, so that's one of my methods as well.
1: Yep. I I also reached out to some, like, people. I uh, just, like, inst- Instagram search like, people going through, like, Lymphoma as well, oh. And I met amazing people. And we gave each other so much encouragement. Because, like, the treatment that I was in, it was just, like... I would say, like, I wouldn't, wish, I wouldn't wish it for, like, my model enemy, that kind. Mm. Like, it was just so bad. But, like, you know, knowing people going through it and yes. knowing that I there is a light at the end of the tunnel, that was reassuring, mm. to say the least. Because I feel like during treatment, most of us fail to see the end. And that because it was just so hard and so difficult, that most of the time you just, like, you just go through treatment, like, not knowing you can, if you can see the, the end towards it. <laughs> but the end will come, guys. The end <laughs> will come and that uh, you will get better.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh so I just wanna say it first to whoever's listening that there are uh support groups in Singapore, mm-hmm. you know, for different kinds of cancer and uh now like so now now there is a lymphoma support group that whoever is diagnosed can join or caregivers or survivors and you know there's also others you know and you can always reach out to us to you know to be a part of this support group if your friends or family wants to be a part of the support group always, yeah. you know you can reach out to us and we'll let you know
1: yeah yeah like drop us a comment drop mm. us an email you know reach out to us and we'll see how we can help you as well absolutely yeah.
0: so we don't want to end this podcast without giving a takeaway
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So where? what is your takeaway on this topic of resilience Turn.
1: <clears throat> I feel my takeaway message of this podcast episode is that, you know, we always go through life thinking there's a tomorrow. And we always wake up going to Well, we go to bed thinking that we wake up and we just have another tomorrow. But like my cancer journey I, uh, taught me that, you know, then, might not be a tomorrow to look forward to so these days i always like leave my day-to-day to to the best that i could and that i do what i think can be done you know what i mean yeah so like i always wake i mean i always go to bed thinking that you know if i don't wake up tomorrow like i feel am i happy where i am have i done enough or like you know that sort of thing yeah so yeah yeah, but what's yours um
0: well my takeaway is that uh you're stronger than your situation.
1: Oh my God, this sounds like a Britney song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sing it. <laughs>
1: well, I wouldn't want to, like, traumatize my listeners.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I went by this quote during my treatment, which is, uh, everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not yet the end. Mm. Right? And yeah. every day I'll look at it, at the quote, and I will ask myself, is it okay now? And if I feel lousy, then I'm like, okay, then it's not yet the end, Mm. right? Just pull through and I can handle the situation because, um, you know, we will always have, we will always find the strength in handling the situation that we're in.
1: Yep, indeed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that is my takeaway.
1: Definitely. Like these days, I wake up and I give blessings and I I always wake up and say I'm thankful yes. for being alive today. Yes. I'm thankful for being able to open my eyes today and let's look forward to what's to come, you know, despite whatever that you're going through throughout the day, I always go to bed and say that yeah, I'm grateful. I'm grateful definitely.
0: Oh. It's all right to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, I really love it. So be thankful stay grateful yeah.
1: and bless it up
0: and bless it up <laughs> <laughs> alright yeah. okay. well thanks for listening guys thank you so much and uh, stay tuned we will speak to you soon
1: definitely until next time bye
0: guys bye